Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. I've been really, really feeling it. About to bust a move or a show. Let me get it. If you really Well, it's exciting to be back here in studio. I have booted my brother, Jason. So I'm David here with a good friend of mine, Troy Rice. He is the founder of STM IT Solutions, and I'm going to let you hear all about his amazing company. But I actually work out with this guy. I met him at a Christmas party at CrossFit probably 12 years ago, and I had no idea who the giant was over in the corner. He had a beer in his hand and a Santa Claus. No, you had a you had a blazer on that had Santa Claus images on it. And I was like, who the heck is this guy? And then he gets up and grabs the microphone and pretty much leads the night. And I knew this guy was a special guy. But we've had many talks about the Lord over the years. We've had many talks about marriage and family and raising kids and running our businesses. And so I said, you know what, Troy, I want you to come on to the podcast because you're at the situation where a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves, where you have built your business, you've scaled it, you have succeeded with your company to where it's systemized. I actually see you in the gym at one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, and you're sitting there drinking a protein shake after you got done working out. And most business owners want to get where you are. At the same time, you've got teenage kids, and you're doing some pretty countercultural things with your teenage kids. So I want to talk about all of these things today on this podcast. So welcome to the show. I, I want to just kind of qualify. You started a company, STM. You started from scratch, and it's it stands for Save the Matrix IT Solutions. Yes. Or Spend That Money. Spend That Money. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. IT Solutions. But you started from scratch. You started with absolutely nothing. So take me from the very beginning. And now you're up over $4 million. You've got 20 employees. I mean, there is so many different ways that we can target this podcast with you because I've got so much I want to pull out of you because the listeners that are listening to us, we've now landed in the top 1% of all podcasts. There are entrepreneurs all over the country and even in other parts of the world that are listening to us. And so I, I know a lot of them want to be in the position that you're in today with a fully automated company that's running, yet at the same time, you're you're thriving in other areas of your life, and nobody's perfect. None of us are perfect, except Jason thinks he's perfect, but he's not. He's an idiot. You know this, because we work out together. So anyway, take, take me back to the beginning. When did you start your company? What gave you the idea? Walk us from the beginning. You know, I graduated from Appalachian State in 1998, and being in a fraternity up there and doing Rush, that became my first sales opportunity. <laughs> it was something I was so passionate about was this group of guys that I love being with. And I was like, Eric Stratton, Rush Chair, dang nice to meet you, you know? And I just was like, I really have a, an ability to have people go in a direction that I'm passionate about. Mm. And, you know, graduated IT, you know, audio, video, all that type stuff was something I grew up really enjoying. And my dad was a director of a nonprofit. Uh, he had a big outlet with regards to people that I could talk to. And I just started meeting with different people and it went from, you know, fixing a computer to, hey, could we tie these two computers together? 
hey, I have, you know, uh, six computers. What should I use for this piece of software? And it just became kind of a consulting role and it became a, a fix-it role. Now, you didn't study this in college, though. I mean, no, so... No, I was a graphic arts major with a minor in girls. That's... <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, I love that. So, but you didn't study it. And so how did you learn? Like, okay, so some of the paradigms that we have today is you have to study certain things in order to be good at it. And you're like, no, I just got out there and did it. And you hustled. YouTube wasn't even around at the time. So how did you get your info? I always thought Google did not exist when I started. Okay. And I remember somebody telling me, have you seen Google? I was like, (laughs) I don't even know what a Google is. You know, so it was just... I was, I'm a big relationship person. So if I didn't know something, I think one of my greatest successes is the wheel's been invented. Why in the world would I sit here for four to six hours to try to figure this out when I could spend an hour making phone calls and find somebody that knew how to do it? Okay, that's perfect. And then I would you know, pay them or they would be gracious enough to help me and assist me and then show me. And then it's kind of like anything else. It's just like A to B to C to D. It just clicked. And I was like, for some reason, it made sense in my head how to put these things together. Yeah. But very early on, I also decided that I was like, I don't want to be 55 years old and crawling around on the floor hooking up computers for people. Yeah. So or very from a very early start date of the business, obsolescence was my game plan. That mm. I don't want to okay. be integral to my business. Okay, okay, that right there. Okay, oh, there are two very important entrepreneurship things here that I would say is makes you an expert owner. Number one, you have the law of audacity. You are willing to go up and just meet people. You're willing to just shake a hand and break that little thin veneer of ice that everybody has over their over their eyes. Now that we people now look down at their phone, that's kind of the way to, to kind of ignore. But you're like, hey, I'm Troy. Like, nice to meet you. I've seen you do this. So it's the law of audacity. And then right there is succeeding through others is the law of obsolescence. In other words, not obsolete being functionally obsolete because you're not good but the obsolescence of you are no longer needed because you have people that are better than you that you've trained and that are actually doing the business better than you are 100 percent agree i love that now i've seen how that works okay so now all of a sudden you're tinkering around you're getting this figured out you're landing a couple of consulting jobs and now you decide to just start a business like how did you say, okay, this is going to become a business. I'm going to start hiring people and all that other stuff. I, you know, I found fear to be the, probably the best motivator. Okay. And uh, I decided my dad would always say, I've been poor and I've been rich and I like being rich a lot better. Yeah. And I just, you know, and rich is defined by everybody differently, but it was just, I was never a team player on sports. I swam. I did mountain bike. I I just wanted to do it myself. I didn't want somebody to let me down. And I was like, I know I can do this. I know that if I put in the hours and I know that if I put in the hard sweat equity and, you know, I know, you know, the Lord was on my side, obviously, to get me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't see anybody stopping me. And, and when you graduate from college, you don't have a whole lot. So I was like, what do I have to lose? Like, I can push all the chips in and I still have nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I was like, let's just go for it. And so now that you started picking all these things up, and it's funny because you weren't on teams and stuff with other people, and yet you've built a thriving team. Yeah, it's really amazing that, you know, to come from something of that area where I'd really, the muscle memory of doing everything on my own, it was a big adjustment. And Mm -hmm. going out and and, and relying on somebody. And I remember he's still with me today. His name's Tim Baylor. He's probably one of my favorite people. And I turned him loose on a server install. And I just took every ounce of my being not to tell him how to do it. 
I knew he knew how to do it. He just did it differently than how I would do it. But at the end result, the customer was happy. It was installed correctly. It's just not how I would have done it, but it was mm-hmm. right. You know, so there's yeah. more than one way to get something done. And then him doing it showed me that I was like, wow, like if I can get him doing this and then I could have somebody come over here and do more of my accounting. And really what I enjoy the most is the consulting and the sales side of the business and the growth. That's the area that I really wanted to, to go in. And that's where, what I did do. Yeah, that's amazing. So now to walk me through, you are now building a business. What are some, I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, absolutely. What are, what, what are some of the ABCs if someone was to say, okay, well, I want to start a business or I've already got a business, but I want to scale it up to where you are. Give me some of the ABCs on either one of those. You know, humility okay, is I like be that. one of the biggest things and being humble because you're going to have to have somebody come in and show you, you know, that you have to be willing to get out of your own way. Okay. That I, that I have a really great friend. I'm not going to bring his name up cause he'd be embarrassed, but that guy creates more work for himself than I've ever seen. Mm. And I was like, man, I could come into your business and I could make it to where you, we could be hanging out and getting lunch every day. Mm. But some people will not remove themselves from the day cause it's their identity. Okay. And I think probably the biggest thing is understanding that I'm a business owner. I'm a father. I'm a son, I'm an uncle, I'm a friend, that I'm so much more than STM. Just a business owner, and I, yeah. And I think when you tie your identity up in one thing, it's really hard to get out of the way of it because that's how you establish the value in yourself. Yes. And you have more value than this business. Yes. And by allowing yourself to see, you know, to, to change your view from this to this, and you start getting a taste of the freedom and the things that go along with that, It's but yeah. it's hard. It's kind of like a kid. You know, you built this thing from scratch, you know, your son's standing here with us now and just to turn him out into the world is kind of like, oh, I hope I did all the right things, but yeah. we have to turn him loose sometimes. Yeah, that's right. You got to let go at some point. You know, I find that it's identity. It's also personality. Absolutely. You know, in, in, with expert ownership in our book that we wrote, we say that there are three types of people in the marketplace. There are doers, developers, and dreamers. Mm-hmm. Quite often the dreamers, those are the entrepreneurs, but you also have to be a doer. Now, sure. When you started your business, just like when I started mine, you're all three. I was a doer, I was a developer, and I was a dreamer. Correct. At some point, I have to eliminate all of my doing tasks. You do. And then I can just work on development or management. And then I have to eliminate those tasks by hiring people in that place so that I can just dream again. And that's that's really an important thing is, so when you say humility, getting out of the way, you want to make sure that you also analyze your personality and say, well, maybe I am like, maybe I really get excited about the installs. Like there are certain people that I'm not the technical guy. I'm not a technician type of a guy, but they love the technical side of the thing. And you know what? That's what you need to do. But you have to then, if that's what your personality is, you have to then be very humble enough to say, I will discipline myself to dream and I will talk to other people that are bigger dreamers than me and I will see where the industry is going so that I can always stay out ahead of it. Sure. That's a really important thing. So now you get out of your, you get out, you're very, you're very much a dreamer. So you get out of your own way. So you are able to build up when you've got 20 employees working for you. How are you, how are you doing that? Just, just walk me through. How are you setting the culture? Are you systematizing your business? Like what what kind of systems do you have in place? You and I were talking about performance-based pay. Absolutely. A couple of weeks ago. 
And I really liked how you were scenting your folks. Walk me through some of this. Well, you know, one of the biggest things that I've been challenged with, and I know every other business owner has in the past two years is, you know, they can't find good help. Mm. And we had to start looking at it because I was like, it didn't matter how much money I threw at the problem. I still wasn't getting retention. And it really came down to empowering, educating, making people really have a home to be. You, most mm-hmm. people spend more time at their business with their business family sometimes than they do with their real family. Yes. So we had to give them a really great environment for them to be in and thrive. And then I believe really in transparency with my employees. And I, I've never said somebody works for me, they work with me. I, yeah. I really think that's a real key that's good. designator that I've always used because they're, they're, I'm just as good as they are, they're just as good as I am and I need them as much as they need me. But by having really great reporting which sounds kind of stupid, yeah. but every week they can see the numbers of how many tickets were closed, the tickets per the hour ratio and this and that. They can see how they're doing. There's no guesswork yeah. for an employee within my business to wonder if they're doing a good job or not. So you have great KPIs, your key performance oh, indicators. We know based on the volume of tickets that come in or projects that we have going, where we need to be, profitability, and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah, and so those KPIs have to be built. Mm-hmm. They've got to be aligned with the vision of your company, which, by the way, and this is a shameless plug, but it is our podcast, that's what our, that's what our master coaching program does, is we help people build out the systems that can actually deliver their KPIs, that can align those KPIs with their strategic vision so that you can build a home for the people that are working for you. And we also show you how to do performance-based pay. That's expertownership.com and you'll figure it out. But anyway, so you're actually doing this. You're living it out. Yeah, 100%. I mean, at the end of the day, I love all my employees. I've got such a great group of people. And it's, but then the other side too is just because your role today is ABCD, And then this person's role over here is one, two, three. I'm constantly changing what your position could be. So I look at what people's strengths and talents are, Mm -hmm. and I may pull like units of work, two units from this person, give it here, two units over here, give it there. And I'm constantly kind of reload balancing the team. So, so now, okay, so you're load balancing. Is that creating redundancy for you as well in terms Absolutely. of like, oh, so if someone's sick, now we've got some crossover? Yeah, there's a lot of some training that goes okay. in almost every position that we have. I like that. And it also is there's no position beneath anybody hmm. that I can walk around and get the trash and empty all of it or somebody else can take it. I, I just literally walked out of a meeting before I came here. And I said, you just because you don't have the man, the title manager doesn't make you a, not a leader. Mm. I was like, anybody can choose to show up one day and really have an impact on the people that are around them. And you don't need a title to do that. That's exactly. Oh, I love that. Well, that's leadership from Jesus's perspective. hundred percent. Yeah. It's servant leadership. And we say that leadership is the ability to create an appetite in those that are around you. So mm-hmm. even if you've got, whether you have the position, the designated position of leader or not, you can be that leader and create those appetites for excellence. Yeah. Now, speaking of being a leader, your dad. Oh, yeah. And you've got two teenage kids that I now see at CrossFit. And I love it because I've seen you there putting in the work. And now all of a sudden, here are your teenage kids putting in the work. And I worked out with your boy Carter the other day. He was on my team and he helped carry us to victory <laughs> as we were on the rowing machine together. You know, with my kids, I've got three kids in college, but I've got my fourth one who says, nope, not going to school. I'm going to start it. She wants to start a little business. And she she started one at the age of 11. I had to shut it down because the orders were so, it's Ava's Cakes. And I was like, she she was getting so many orders that she couldn't fulfill them all and getting all stressed out and taking over my kitchen. So I said, I had to shut that down. Anyway, 
But I'm starting to see a trend with the young people that are realizing when they were told back in the day, like we were told, you got to go to school, then you got to go to college, and then you'll be successful. And education is success. And we're realizing now that's not true. Sometimes that education is success. Sometimes, a lot of times, it's just a bunch of debt and you never use that degree. Mm -hmm. I do find a very nice spot for college for certain people, but I also am 100% I have evolved on this where my daughter, when she said, Dad, I just don't think college is for me, I was like, okay, great. I don't think it's for you either. Yeah. You're walking through that with your son right now, Carter. Well, yeah, I mean, so uh, we're we're parents, but we're facilitators really in the grand Mm. scheme of things. And if our kids, our kids have come to us and challenged us our whole lives. Amen. I mean, there's there, from the day they shot out to till, till, till <laughs> present out. day, That's it's right. you know, it's been crazy, but it's been an amazing adventure. And I really, you know, one of the biggest reasons I have so much success with Carter and Merrick is we have a really strong relationship. That's Relationships good. breed success. Oh, that's Education good. Education does not necessarily. Okay, say, wait, say that again. Relationships build success. That's right. But education, not necessarily. It, the old saying is, it's who, who you, you know, know not, not what, what you know. know. Come on, we're going back old school here. That's yeah. the ancient path, honestly. It is. it is. I don't care what all these people are like, you got to get educated, you got to get educated. I'm like, you know what? We're constantly learning, right? Oh, we're, we're constantly we're, learning. Yeah. But we're when they say you got to get educated, they're talking about, you got to get technically educated by some of these professors, these college professors. And of course, at some of these universities, they're so woke, their brains have fallen out. It's like, no, I don't need to learn from them. They're phoning it in. It's not even a quality education. That's right. So there are great quality educators that are out there. And I'm very thankful for that. Great quality edu- uh, educational institutions. But, yeah, but I love it. So relationships are the key. And that's what you're telling me. But it's also, you know, if I had said, no, you're going to finish out college. Well, Carter is one of my greatest relationships. Merrick's one of my greatest relationships that I'll ever mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. because they're my kids. Yep. So what good would I have been to him to damage the relationship and say, no, button seat, next four years, I expect A's and B's and nothing less. What What is yeah. my relationship going to look with, like with my son in four years? It's going to be so yeah. fractured. It's going to be so yeah. damaged. And I was like, well, there's so many other ways to generate revenue. There's so many ways to get through life. All the money for college is sitting in an account. It's not going anywhere. If he takes six months and says, you know what? I was wrong. Okay, I've been wrong a lot too. Let's go back this direction. Like, yeah. why do we put such a definite that you have to do this? The only thing that's definitely going to happen to me is I'm going to die one day. That's the only guarantee that I know is going to happen. Mm. Other than that, my life is full of opportunity. I love the way. See, that's the, now that is the type of paradigm that we've got to give to our kids. Oh, and it doesn't yeah, matter absolutely. what level you're at. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is right now. It doesn't matter where you were born. None of that. There are incredible opportunities, but we got to go take them. So you're giving your son, which is awesome. You're giving your son an opportunity to, at, at your company. No, like, actually, so, actually not even at my company. Okay, awesome. What are you doing? So well, what did you tell him? Back to relationships. Okay. not. It was August of 2021. All Carter wanted was a suit. And I said, well, I can give you more than a suit. I'm going to teach you about relationships and you'll learn about fashion. So I took him over to a, our, one of our favorite sto- one of my favorite stores to shop at is Conger's Richards Taylor over in South Park. Okay, and it's one of the highest end, finest men's clothing stores in the United States, honestly. And I went and said, "Hey, Richard, a car needs to get a suit. Can you take care of them?" Two hours later, they're done with the measurements. 
They had talked about college. They had talked about high school. The next time Carter went in by himself, and Richard remembered everything about him, they continued building on it. He was introduced to every other person that was there. Carter was so, I mean, excited. And my son, like, he should be a professional poker player if he doesn't do this. I've never seen a person just sit more stoic than anything. Mm. But this, he can't stop talking about it. He actually was so excited about the business, he wrote an article for the school paper. Really? And about this store. And they were like, man, this kid's great. He actually used this thing called Quizlet, which uh-huh. you may know about. Yeah, where, absolutely. Uh, they, we didn't have options like that. But so any new person, and very few people ever get hired here, but anybody that was already there, Carter started building out for all the brands, Quizlets about all the things people should know that work there. So they could just sit on the computer and go through this. So did all of this on his own. Mm. And they came to him and said, hey, would you like to come work with us this summer? Oh, that's awesome. Just, they approached him. They don't, they don't talk to anybody like that. Mm. So he really worked himself into a position. And then he would come home and he was like, you won't believe who I met today. And the names. Of oh, yeah. All about. the NFL yeah. athletes. It's oh, yeah. Crazy. A lot of the Panthers and Hornets yeah. are heading over there. And he came home one day. And he goes, guess how much a suit cost a guy bought today? And I was like, I, I don't know. $50,000 for one suit. Who the heck is buying a $50,000 suit? I don't know. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm fine with that. I don't. I only want to wear but, one more. But suit. Carter got to meet the guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And hung out with him. How, how often? Because proximity is power. How often do you get to be around that level yeah. of power? Yeah, yeah. And connections. Yeah. Very rare. So this and, and realize they put their pants on one leg at a time, right. just yeah. like you, yeah. and they no different than you. But they got to, you. You have an opportunity to really pick their brain. Correct. And figure out how they did it. So relationships is this main focus now. And then is this business is forever? I don't know. But I know he's meeting the most powerful, the most excellent people that he could possibly meet. Mm. And why would I want him to have anything less than that? Yeah. Did he get his suit? He did get his suit. Does he look good? Oh, my. It, yeah, he wanted to look just like Jeffrey Donovan from Burn Notice, and he, looked, he nailed it. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. Hey, okay, so I love what you're doing with Carter. I love what you're doing with Merrick. Let's pivot just a little bit. In your own business right now, Speak to a business owner because you're in the IT side of things, right? What are what, What's one thing that we need to pay attention to as a small business owner that maybe we're not paying attention to in terms of our technology? I think the thing that keeps me up at night the most is my data. You know, my intellectual property. Mm-hmm. That I think I become less of an IT company every day and more of an intellectual property protector. Because, okay. you know, think about all the stuff that you and your brother have generated for the last 20 years. Yep. What if somebody came in and locked it down and you had zero access to it? Oh, that would devastate us. Yeah. And it would, it, it, the cost basis on that, not having the right cybersecurity policy in place and knowing that if something happened, what does the next 24 hours looks like? We get these calls and they're so sad. It's like Bitcoin, it's thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. And they're getting so good at this. These people that are mm-hmm. wanting your data are getting so good at taking it. They will give it back to you because it's a solid business model. But you have to pay yeah, for it. But you got to pay for it, yeah. And what you pay Blackmail. for it would be 10x over what like a really simple solution would be to keep this from ever happening. Okay, so give me the solution then. It's, you know, there's two pieces of software that we use, Sentinel and Huntress. Okay. And with that and with all the Microsoft updates that are out there, you know, I hate to say anything, but knock on wood, like we really don't see our customers having these issues. Yeah. And we have customers, you know, internationally. Okay. We deal with people in Sweden, Canada, and then 26 states in the United States. 
and they're not calling us with this issue. Well, yeah, I have new customers that are calling us saying, hey, this happened to us, mm. but I don't have existing customers calling and saying this. So, so a plumber, an electrician, you know, anybody, an architect or any, any type of business. Yeah. They've got the data and you need to have some sort you gotta of. You have some, some several layers of protection, but you also then need to have a plan. Okay. God forbid something did happen. You need, who do you call? How does that be, how is it handled? Who checks the backups? It, it's not mm. complicated stuff. It's really pretty low hanging fruit. That's kind of like nobody wants to take the time to do a state planning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, you, you get the call, you're like, I got to fill this oh, out. Yes. Let us, but this is what it is because it'll kill you. Yeah. Well, this is great that, I mean, gosh, I was not even anticipating this. Now it's got my brain going. So I want to do this for me. What, what would I do? Just go to your website? Yeah, just go to stmsupport.com. Done. And then we have a form on there. Just fill it out and, and say you want to talk to me, and I will get pers- – as the owner, I, I call you. I take care of all of this because owner to owner, is it, it's, when you say, it's a generals to generals meeting. I like that. In the generals tent. Correct. And I understand cash flow. I understand income statements. I understand balance sheets. Like, this is a financial decision. You can take mm-hmm. technology out of it. I, don't, I need to understand how your business works, how you generate revenue, and then we'll put in the best solution for you that helps you continue on. Yeah, that's fantastic. I only do well if you do well. Yeah, that's right. Because if you add a user, I make more, I make more revenue. But you have to do better. If you don't, if you're not doing as well, you take it off. So I only want the best for my customers. Oh man, that's awesome. Okay, this is like a popcorn interview because now I'm just going to go grab something else. Perfect. You and I were talking about edu- you, you were talking about you know we we use this word teacher, mm-hmm. but you think we ought to use this word educator. Oh, absolutely. Walk, walk us through that because I really like that paradigm. So, so to me, an educator would go out and look at what they have and then they would have to then decide what's the best way to facilitate to all these different students. Yes. And you really, unfortunately, can't go out and just say, I have 26 kids in my class and I'm going to do the same thing for all of them. It's not yeah. really going to work. We really have to identify you know, what the individuals need. Mm-hmm. And if it's that college makes the most sense for them, then yeah, we should do everything we can do to help them in that direction. Yes. If it's this kid, just, you know, this kid's hated school from kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. And, but, and, but every day we come in and we're, we're, we're telling this kid, Hey, if you don't do this and, and you don't you're get not, your grades that's up, right. you're not going to be, you're, you're going to be really upset with your life. You know, it's funny because rarely do I ever see a kid walk across the graduation stage where they say he has decided to make $80 an hour as a welder. Right. And they should, everybody should clap. But instead, it's like they've chosen to go to University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. And it was like, whoa. Yeah. And that's cool for certain people. Absolutely. But why are we not celebrating? To me, success is if you can figure out what you do and you love doing it, that's success. Come so on. why are we not celebrating these kids for what they really were intended to do? And at the end of the day, at 18 years old, I'm pretty sure you want to be a professional freaking baseball player. Yeah, I did. And we're sitting at a table in the woods talking on microphones about yeah. businesses. Pretty freaking far apart. That's ex- You're exactly right. So who knows at 18 what you want to do, but you do have a passion at 18. Mm. And if we figure out what that passion is and we really get behind them. And, you know, I know these teachers and educators don't have the bandwidth, but relationships. Mm. You know somebody that has the ability to help this kid. That's right. You know, I went and talked to the school, Carter's grade, you know, two years ago. And I said, y'all come and sit here every single day and you listen to all these amazing teachers. But all of y'all want to be something when you leave here. Don't you think that all the parents here, one of them probably has what you want to be? 
And why are you not talking to them? That's awesome. That's what should happen is parents should come in one by one and talk to them about what they do in the, in the marketplace. Yeah, and the, That's and awesome. I love that. Like, like a church or anything else, yeah. like go back in and find out what these kids' interests are and then say, hey, teacher, I know you're not paid enough and I know you don't have the time and I know you got to pay out of your own pocket to buy Kleenex yeah, for your classroom. That's true. So as a, as a parent that owns a business or runs restaurants or, you know, yeah. does what you do, yeah. let me, let me come in and find some of these kids and let me meet with them once a month. Let me create a club or an affinity group or something like that mm. to help them maybe get some guidance. That's, that's amazing. Okay. You are inspiring me right now. I love this. This is so awesome. You know, and we even think about it when we're leading the people that are working for us, not all of them are going to follow the same track. So we want to incent them to grow. You know, with our game worth playing, we have a webinar that we do. It's called a game worth playing. And our master coach, Eric Beck, he says he did, he did a TEDx talk on this. It's a phenomenal TEDx. And he talks all about like finding out what their passions are and really just tapping into their passions, exactly what you're talking about. So to me, this this podcast, although it's popcorn, like we've talked about a little bit of everything, really it boils down to the fact that God has put his purposes in the hearts of all of us and the kids, not only in our own home, but the kids in our classrooms and the kids in our sphere of influence and in our community, God has put his purposes in their hearts and they have passions and they have dreams. And if it doesn't fit the mold of just going to college and getting a degree, that's okay. A hundred percent. I mean, somebody being happy will do so much more for this world than somebody being forced into something they may or may not enjoy. Mm. That's really good. I love it. Okay, what we do is we, I want to close this out. We always do something called own it or loan it. Okay. So now after you talk to me about Carter and these really cool suits, I'm not sure which direction you'll go on this one. So own it is, yeah, I'd like that. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that idea or I believe in that idea. Or loan it is, nope, not for me. Okay? Okay. So Jason and I would do like own it or loan it Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. I'm a loan it guy. I don't need an Apple watch. Just give me a, like, I want like a high end watch mm-hmm. because now they hold value. And I'm yes. looking at that watch you're, you've got on your, I would really like that watch myself. Okay. Anyway, sorry. My covetousness is now over. Own it or loan it for a teenager, a nice car. And okay. by nice, I think we, by, by nice, let me say a little bit overboard, not, not, nice that functionally runs you know sure. my 16 year old oh, no, daughter no. i do not want her in some car that's going to break down on the highway correct right? correct i well i would totally be pot on the kettle black own it okay uh, why both of my kids i have a severe addiction <laughs> severe you're well aware of my addiction <laughs> i, to I know cars. it and we're gearheads in my family and i found that i want them to be a in something safe so yep. if I go and buy, you know, I bought Merrick. She has a 2021 Supra. Mm. It's a BMW underneath. It has every safety feature that's possibly made. It's brand new. It's not going to break down. It's got an unlimited warranty on it. So when she's out in that, I can eliminate off my plate. Her car may be a problem for me that day. Yeah. And that's what life is, is, is it's to stop so many plates spinning on a stick. Carter has <laughs> Spoken a like car. a true entrepreneur. And we built it from, you know, I ordered it from California. It was shipped. It was delivered. And we spent six months picking out every part for it down to the valve stems. Oh, my goodness. And it's flawless. But it, and it's one of those things. And his is worth considerably more money now 
than it was when we bought it because it has a cult-like following. I mean, I've had people approach me at stoplights and hand me business cards saying if I ever sell it to please call them. Wow. So I've shown him that you, if you get something and you take care of it, you know, and you buy right, it could be really something else down the road. I mean, if you go buy a piece of crap, it's always going to be a piece of crap. Yeah. Okay. So I love that perspective that you've got. So you own it. High end, nice car for your kid. Yeah. I loan it, mm-hmm. which is great. So I loan it just because, okay. Now I have to loan it with a caveat. I loan it, but I've made a mistake. I got my daughter a car that was nice, a little bit too high miles. And she kept saying, dad, I'm having a problem with this car. Well, this thing has bothered me and it has become like an anchor. Oh yeah. And I hate it. Now she paid for half of it, which I thought I have both my kids or I say both my kids. I have five kids. My first three. Now my fourth one just got into a vehicle. I have them help me pay for half, but I, I start them off with something that they can either pay half for immediately, or they can work off at least Correct. their half. Sure. And, 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 but I want to get them just low enough to where they always can go up and not down. Absolutely. Right. I, I never forget my son had a friend and she's 16 driving a Maserati. And I told my wife, I said, the only direction she can go probably in the first 10 years of marriage is down from a, in terms of a car. Sure. Well, because you ain't going to get a Maserati in the first few years of marriage unless you marry some NFL it's athlete. A, it's a or very something. narrow margin for that. Very narrow margin. So I loan it in the sense that I want them to be able to take a step up. But I'm also looking at you and seeing, I see what you drive. By the way, you were driving Merrick's car the other day. Yes. I saw you at the gas station. Mm-hmm. That ain't her car. That's your car. <laughs> <laughs> Until she turns 16, I do enjoy, I do I enjoy it, it quite a bit. But you know, it's. Carter's dream car, like they, I, I, I tell him to set dreams. I tell him to set big dreams. Like if you fail at 50% of a big dream, you're still 50% ahead of anybody else. I love that. So his first car, his dream car is an LFA. It's $1.2 million. I don't even know what an LFA is. Supercar made by Lexus. What? Invite only back in the day, like 2012, maybe. What? And they were $350,000. Now they're worth 1.2 and keep going up. Okay. So I told you guys that he was a baller. Now, I told you, see, Troy, you're a bigger baller than I thought you were. That's why I like this watch so much. <laughs> but, but the cool thing is, is that, you, you know, you're, you're very intentional. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're, you're thinking these things through. I don't especially make a decision for your kids. on now. I, it, I don't play checkers. I play chess. I'm four moves ahead. I see where I would like them to go, and I hope they go in that direction. If they don't, they can give me a supporting reason why they're not. Oh, come on. I love that. Well, man, this podcast has been very enlightening. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for the opportunity. I can't wait for my kids to listen to it as well. Listen, in the meantime, before you see us next week or listen to us next week, subscribe, rate, and review Expert Ownership. And Jason and I just want to send a quick shout out to Christian Healthcare Ministries. They sponsor our podcast, and I'm supposed to do it at the top of the hour. I'll do it at the top of the hour, the next two podcasts. But at the bottom of the hour, I just want to say thank you to Christian Healthcare Ministries, expertownership.com slash CHM. They're an amazing teammate of ours. We always choose impact over income. Bring that in. I'm shaking Troy's hand. We always choose impact over income. But if you can get both, let's go get that. All right. God bless you guys. I've been really, really feeling it. Feeling it. Gotta bust a move or a show. Let's